We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Timeline is a Blue Wire podcast. My name is Mike. I'm here with Sam. Sam, that sucked. Yeah. <laughs> it sucked. The Suns lost 109-103 in Milwaukee, the team with one of the best, uh, I think the best road record in the playoffs. They are now, I believe, 9-1. and one. Tough place to beat Milwaukee. Uh, they were described to us as resilient by our friends with the Eurostep podcast, and I think we saw some of that resiliency tonight uh, with them pulling this one out after I think the Suns played really well throughout this game and then kind of gave it up at the end when Devin Booker went out. What'd you think? I don't know where to start. Um, I mean, uh, it's, this was a really tough game. <laughs> Mike, yeah. uh, all I was, it was all over the place. I mean, I guess the place you could start Devin Booker, 42 points. Uh, yeah. we were on the verge of a legendary performance from him. Uh, but coupled with, 38 combined points from from the rest of the starting lineup just isn't going to cut it it's just not yeah I think there's one obvious issue I think that the Suns could carry into the, the future games and that's the way that Chris Paul is currently playing and I you know I said it after game one or game two I believe that something just didn't look right with Chris Paul and I think tonight that was the same. Some I, I still speculate that it's his wrist. It looks like his wrist to me because every single time that the ball is not in play, he's grabbing at his left wrist. And I think this is, to me, this is why the handles look off. That's the main issue. I think you, you take away Chris Paul's right. shooting. We saw it in the Lakers series. He can still do a lot. Uh, he's able to find his way to the spots of the defense that uh, open other guys up. Uh, you take away his handles and you take away his ability to get to spots. If he's struggling getting to spots, that's going to be a huge problem for the Suns. And and he had the most uh, costly turnover of this game. Um, couple that with a Giannis block on a really nice pass by Devin Booker on DeAndre Ayton's lob uh, attempt. And um, 
That's real. That's really the game right at the end there. That's when the Bucks took control. I I just I don't understand if it's a wrist issue, which you know I'm inclined to believe you. It's the the movement looks off to me too, but I just don't understand what happened for him to reaggravate it during this series, where he was still in the position. I mean, he was so dominant in Game One. Yeah, he was so good. And then so there, you know, there's just an element here of, I mean, Chris Chris Paul got canceled out by Drew Holiday. Can't happen. Yeah. Can't happen, Mike. I want to defend him. I really do. He's had such a fantastic season. Mm-hmm. Um, going into this game, he was the the MVP of the series so far. I mean, I, I think you can make a case for Aiton, but but realistically, he was the MVP of the series so far. He was the guy who was going to win the award if the Suns kept rolling ahead at this pace. But this is just... <laughs> this is his legacy mm-hmm. on the line. Mm-hmm. If he wants it... Um, I mean, if, if the Suns lose this in doesn't matter if it's six or seven if they lose this you know there's that stat like i think it's 92 percent of teams that take a 2-0 lead in any series persevere in nba history Mm -hmm. and now the suns are in serious danger of being one of the eight percent and if it's chris paul doing that after the career he's had it's going to be slander for the rest of the man's life (laughs) so i I hope he wakes up i hope he wakes up in game five because it's his legacy on the line i'm sure it's already flying tonight and i think um in this case uh I guess it's it's kind of fair. I, I I don't know how many times Chris Paul led the Suns in turnovers. I would guess that it's less than five this season, maybe even as close to zero. Uh, Let me look up his uh his page real quick and see how many times he's even had five turnovers in a game this year. Yeah, I, th- I think it's happened a-, a few times, at least once, I remember. Um, but leading the team in turnovers is just such a rare rare thing for Chris Paul and in this in this game he did and and the turnovers were odd turnovers too there were um I mean one of them was like the one that was a bounce pass to Aiton when Aiton was trying trying to seal off against Lopez that's I think the least egregious one uh the rest of them just look like just weird turnovers that just he never he never really the has. one the one that literally split the difference between I think it was Jay Crowder and Mikhail Bridges on the perimeter, but like wasn't really on target to hit anybody. Yeah. It, it wasn't even close. With his left Sailed hand. Sailed into by the, the stands. That was crazy. Yeah, I, I was I didn't track that. That's did. a good observation. Yeah. Um I'm looking at the game log here. He had five games in an entire regular season with five turnovers or more. Yeah. And then has done it twice in the past three games. Yeah, I, you know, I, I I said on Twitter, and I'll reiterate, I give the Bucks a lot of credit. They deserve it, yeah, obviously, because the the on ball defense with Drew has been on point, and the way their other guys soak up space in and around the nail, show extra extra help, and kind of take away his angles. I mean, they've just been really good at doing that in a way that I think the other teams we played so far in the playoffs haven't been. But regardless, it's. He, <laughs> He should be better than this. I mean, it's Chris Paul. If there was one thing I came into this series not thinking I would have to question, it was the play of Chris Paul. Yeah. You know, I thought Devin Booker would serve up some stinkers. He, he, he tends one. to. He showed us showed us that in game three. I thought maybe DeAndre, maybe, you know, this is the series where he gets put into foul trouble. We saw it in one game, but but for the most part, he was, again, really good on the defensive end tonight. Yeah, I thought he did really well. Um, and rebounding. I was... I was... I was questioning you know campaign coming off that ankle the shooters and and their ability to keep poise in this series but i never questioned chris paul yeah so now if it's a tied series you tell yourself you've got a home court advantage all you have to do is win two of three but if we're in a situation now where we have to we have to question chris paul we're in a little bit of trouble yeah 
Yeah, and and look, he he can come back in the next game and look fine. You know that Devin Booker struggled in the last game. And by the way, I did notice in this game. Somebody pointed out to me in the last one, Booker holding on to his wrist uh, as well on the bench, and I saw him doing that. Doesn't appear to be bothering him in the same way because he hit three baskets in a row with that left hand. Uh, so it's clearly not exactly the same there. Uh, but I did notice it as well, and I and you know he him having a bad game was odd, and and, and it's possible that. Chris Paul can come back and have his best game of the series again, the way that Devin Booker did. Um, and if he does, that'd be huge. And the Suns, look, the Suns started this series winning two in a row. If they do that again, it's a championship. So there's always a possibility they come back and do fine. And credit, and once again, credit to to the Bucks. I think they bother they bother Chris Paul, and I think some of the turnovers are on them as far as bothering him up and down the court. And they force him just a little bit out of his rhythm. And just that little tiny bit uh, can can force him into some turnovers but we saw other teams doing that to him throughout this playoff run and it's just it's affecting him a lot more right now and it's just weird he's grabbing at his wrist and the the unforced turnovers where he's just dribbling it the left to right crossover was the last one from his left and it's clear that it didn't go exactly where he thought it would with his right hand so it's just very odd for him uh, but we can move on from that because there's not a lot we can say there. He has to play better for the Suns to win this series. That's the main. Yeah, thing. I mean it's not it's not like you're going to bench him. He's going to play his 35 plus minutes, and whatever happens, happens. And and the Suns really they just have to win two out of the next three games. That's that's mm-hmm. what it boils down to, and they have two of them at home. Uh, so big, big, big moments for them coming up. Uh, Devin Booker, 42 points. We'll we'll just want to cover that a little bit more. Uh, this is, I think, the stat for his 42 points that stands out to me. 0 for 3 from 3. And it's not the zero made threes. It's the three attempts. That's what he needed to do. In the last game, I thought he was settling for threes. And you know I don't... Sam, you know I don't talk about settling for threes very often. <laughs> That's not my thing. I don't believe yeah, in settling yeah. for threes. But there are guys that have to get into the, as Eddie Johnson calls it, the teeth of the defense in order to open other guys up. That's Chris Paul and that's Devin Booker. And they have to do that because no other guy on this team does it consistently well outside of campaign who was a little bit better tonight. Uh, so for, for Devin Booker being able to get to that mid range, not just that too, I think posting up guys like Pat Connaughton and even at times drew holiday, I thought was huge, huge, huge for him. And getting those shots mm-hmm. off from the mid-range was just an old-school, really beautiful basketball uh, game for him. It's unfortunate that fifth foul took him out of the game so early. I think that's kind of where the game ended. Yeah, and and the word of the night for me was cadence when it comes to describing what Book did. I mean, I don't want to take away from what was a tremendous performance. We were a couple buckets away from talking about this one for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Um, when, when he has it going, there's a real beat a real rhythm to watching how he operates from that mid-range area. If you just look at his shot chart tonight, like you were referencing, it's it's ridiculous. The level of difficulty with some of those shots he was hitting. And I think with Book specifically, what always impresses me is the physicality that he embraces from the shooting guard position is just so rare. Um, I, I think in Game 3, what we've seen like guys like Drew and Chris Middleton um, be able to do so effectively in the series, and, and PJ as well, because PJ was a primary defender, um, but hit him first. You know, they were able to kind of throw the first punch at Book and take away his space that way and make him really feel it. Um, he came back in this game and, and he hit them first. He embraced the physicality in a way that was really special to to see. And like, you know, he's not, we talk about this all the time, he's not like the most explosive in-your-face guy who's just going to drive by you every time. But once he's able to kind of embrace that contact a little bit, you, you can see him start to create space and then ultimately just finish with, 
with a really smooth release and make difficult shots. So he was terrific. I mean, he got PJ into foul trouble early on in the game. The yep. Suns in this one, one thing that they did do well, they're not going to win the free throw battle against Milwaukee often. They're just not. So for them to have 19 free throws in this one to Milwaukee's, uh, <laughs> Milwaukee had 29 at the end because of the uh, intentional fouling yeah. at, at the in the last minute. But I think the before I checked, at some point, Milwaukee was at like 22, 23, and the Suns finished with 19. So that's a little bit yeah. closer, I think, to the true um, way that it felt this game was officiated. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, I thought I thought there were some terrible calls on both sides tonight, but the end result was that both teams shot a lot of free throws. So. Yeah, yeah, I I think Booker just it was just a, a masterful performance by him, and it, it's just it's a bad thing that it came in a loss at this point. But I think for more than anything else, I think he figured something out. He figured out ways to do it. A, a big thing that they did with him is if Pat Connaughton was on the floor, which if you can get PJ Tucker in foul trouble, or if Brooke Lopez just doesn't play a lot of minutes, and and Pat Connaughton will come in for Brooke at times. Pat Connaughton will even come in. For Giannis, it's just he's the first guy off the bench. Whoever he's coming off for, uh, is is whoever whoever's guarding him is who's going to screen for Devin Booker at that point. Like once he's as on the I floor, saw, as I saw your sister refer to him on Twitter tonight, Jesse Pinkman. By the way, <laughs> seen that that's one pretty good. Yeah, and and look, you get Pat Connaughton on Devin Booker. You got a couple different ways to bully him. He's not going to move his feet fast enough if Booker can get by him. He's not going to contest if you get him like in an off-ball scenario around a curl screen or something like that. And he can post him up. So you got three ways to go, and that's Devin Booker's three favorite ways to go. And at that point, if you can get him to not settle for that uh, three-point shot, I think you can get something going there. And, and I thought they did a really good job of that. And I think people at times will get frustrated with the sort of pick on a defender style of play. I think this Bucks team really exemplifies why you have to do that. They have so many good defenders and they're, they know the plays that the Suns are going to run. So at some point that's going to be your best offense. You really just have to pick on the worst defender that's on the team. And, and if that, if that happens in isolation, then it, then it, it happens in isolation. Sometimes you have to do it. And I think he did a really great job. One of the best games of, of the playoffs for him so far. Yeah, again, I think just pace was the key, something the Suns' offense did well tonight. They they came out and they played faster, and they were able to get into their sets like at the 17, 18-second mark and not at the 11 or 12-second mark because they broke yeah. through, um, penetrated through the, the early uh, on-ball pressure from guys like Drew. Um, and what that allows them to do is, okay, so you get into isolation offense and you're targeting a guy if that's Connaughton or, or whoever else, but you have the ability to draw the initial switch, try and attack, dribble back out if you have to, rescreen and kind of look for multiple options in a way that if they are able to successfully speed you up, you start the possession and there's already only like 11 seconds left, uh, you're, you're kind of forced into a lot of dumber shots. Mm-hmm. So I thought the Suns took a ton of mid-range shots tonight. They took a ton of difficult shots with Devin Booker. I think that's the most frustrating thing is as we that we can take away from this is the Bucks on one end shot twenty four percent from deep, yeah. seven for twenty nine, and on the other hand, it just feels like you squandered a, a special Booker performance where he was hitting everything with a hand in his face. Uh, you gotta wonder what happens in Game Five. You know, with kind of like the shot quality, the, the the profile of looks that both teams are getting in the future. Yeah, a difficult shot for Devin Booker from 13, 14, 15 feet is different than a difficult shot from Devin Booker from 22 feet. And so if he can continue to get those kinds of difficult shots, 
I think he could still do pretty well. Something that I don't think you can count on beyond that, like obviously maybe not 42 points from Booker, but another good scoring game wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, Jay Crowder shot seven free throws in this game. Like that's the type of thing I think you can't really count on. That's where you're getting points out of nothing. And he was six for seven, had a great game. Beyond that, I just want to shout out Jay Crowder's game in general, who Bucks fans just must hate. Every every team that we've played Absolutely. must hate Absolutely. him. Uh, 15 points, three blocks, Three steals, three assists, eight rebounds. I think just a really good game by him. I think there's points in this game now. The Suns just did not try any other big, finally. Uh, and they're just going with the small ball lineup that includes three tall wings. Cameron Johnson, Jay Crowder, Torrey Craig are generally the guys on the floor. And they didn't get killed this time, critically. Yeah, they didn't. I think they did really well. They gave up a couple, maybe one or two offensive rebounds in this game. But I thought... Uh, they did everything else really well. Some, some, one big thing I saw them change was pick and rolls by Tory Craig. Craig was rolling instead of popping, and I think uh, that that opened up a lot of space because the defenders were kind of really more scared of shooters than they were of Tory rolling. And he got free throws out of it, and he got a dunk out of it. So I thought that was a nice change uh, for Monty in that small ball lineup, still having a roll threat, and that being Tory Craig made a lot of sense because who else is going to do it? You, you kind of want Cameron Johnson popping. Jay Crowder is not going to do that. Uh, he he kind of panics and throws it out of bounds on a lot of his cuts with the ball. So it's got to be Craig. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Man, hmm? I'm trying to think of where to go next. Uh, do you want to talk about Mikhail Bridges or DeAndre Ayton? Well, Ayton, it's an interesting game for DeAndre Ayton. It's really, really the dunk, uh, the lob by Devin Booker to Ayton would have been one of the more exciting plays by DeAndre Ayton and for the Suns in the playoffs. Um, but Giannis did something incredible. Weird that they didn't show the replay on that. I thought. Because uh, that was yeah, I went most, to Twitter. Yeah, I went to Twitter, and people were like, "Oh, that's one of the best blocks ever." I mean, obviously, it's not better than LeBron on on uh, 
fucking i don't know man jesus it's Iguodala. close it's no it's, close. it's not it's not it's not um but with da two fouls in 39 minutes that was the thing that scared us right he picked up a second foul in the second quarter um the first call on him i just remember distinctly and again i think there were be- look booker should have fouled out in this game i'm man yeah. enough to say it yeah so i'm not like i'm not wholly criticizing the officiating here but like the first foul uh, on Aiton in this game was a touch foul of Giannis just spinning into him and Aiton absorbing the contact and like was still called because I don't know he he had his hands up and everything no no he um, had his hands down on that one I think that's why they he? called it yeah uh, he don't didn't know. really abuse see- him to push but he didn't have him away from Giannis's body yeah. I need to see a replay my point is I saw that what really was a touch foul um, and I thought that was going to dictate the rest of the game. I thought, here we go. It's it's another one. He's going to have four or five in the third quarter, and we're going to be fucked. Um, thankfully, we weren't put into that position. I thought he played great defense even while he was tired deep into the fourth quarter. I thought his teammates stepped up and um, allowed him to play off of Giannis a little bit at times. So, like, other guys would kind of step up at the nail, and they would take the foul for him in the second half if they had to. Chris Paul did it a couple times. Jay Crowder did it a couple times. Just anything. I don't mind if guys foul Giannis. He's going to soak up 20 fouls a game and get to the free throw line. It's just an inevitability that we got to deal with. Um, But I mind if DeAndre Ayton is fouling Giannis because then we lose the game. So, um, and I mean, in this one, we lost the game anyway. But I thought at least they had the right idea there. Uh, it just sucked because when, when Booker really had it going in the first half, it's the type of thing that is sort of predictive of a good DeAndre Ayton second half because you think there, there's going to be more pressure on Booker, more gravity, and that's going to open things up. That's going to open up the lob. We just never really saw it materialize out of DA um, in yeah, this no, one they, to finish with only six points. Yeah, and three they kept nine. him off. They also kept him off the offensive glass really yeah. well. He, he, he was astounding on the defensive glass. I thought his boxing out was really, really good, um, but only had one offensive rebound in this one. So they kept him off, uh, boxed him out, and kind of neutralized his offense entirely. And if you're the Suns, you shoot 30% from deep, uh, and you don't get Aiton's inside presence, typically that's a formula to have a, a pretty shitty offensive performance and most of the time lose the game. 17 offensive rebounds for the Bucks. I know. It's it's just you heard Monty use in the wired segment uh, like tired is not a word in our vocabulary. Later, he was uh, chastising the guys about being outworked. That's just kind of what it is. They just were outworked. You and, know, it's I mean, like and, and in the bench lineups, they don't have the size to. I, mean, I know. They don't but like. It. I know. But like <laughs> Brooke Lopez. But again, Mike, Brooke Lopez played 19 minutes. Yeah. He had one offensive rebound. Yeah. You know, it's like. Drew Holiday had three offensive rebounds. Pat Connaughton had three offensive rebounds. That can't happen. And PJ Tucker. Those aren't, those aren't, they're strong guys. Don't get me wrong. They're like, you know, guards who play like wings. PJ Tucker, good, good point, had three offensive rebounds. But these are guys, they're like 6'5. You should be able to box them out. I don't care who you are. Yeah. Because if you don't, you just, you lost the NBA Finals. You know, like <laughs> yeah. the, these things are going to, these things yeah. are going to keep coming up in the next few games. Yeah, I think this the Suns it's a tough equation with PJ Tucker because you kind of hide guys on him. So in a, in a sense you you're probably just giving those up a little bit for him, but I think guys like Pat Connaughton, that's a good example. That's just effort. He just flies in there effort at the right time and he and he, and he did really well in this game. Uh good rebounder in general. Tory Craig-esque in his effort for rebounds. 
but you can't you just can't give them up to him. Uh, that's just a guy who's going to steal as many as he can. I thought the Suns did a good job on Giannis in this game as far as game plan. He still had 26 points. This is Giannis we're talking about. Uh, But they didn't let him get to the line as much as he could have. And I thought they uh, helped at the right times. They did a lot of good uh, help defense just kind of stopping him and getting the ball out of his hands in certain scenarios depending on where he caught the ball. I did think that Giannis was in transition playing for the pass more than he was playing for the rim, trying to get shooters open. So that, in a sense, that kind of played into the Suns' hands. Uh, but just getting the ball out of Giannis's hands worked in this game. It's just when, when on the other side of that, Chris Middleton is scoring 40 points on Mikel Bridges. Uh, yeah, that's tough. And they were on Mikel Bridges. Like He did a very good job uh, scoring on a very good defender in Mikel. Mm-hmm. He's due for one of those a series, yeah. so I'm just hoping that this was the 40-point Chris Middleton game because you knew he wasn't going to be asleep forever. I, and I'm just hoping this was the game and he doesn't have another one of those um, because you're right, we can't afford to take away both Giannis and Middleton's games entirely. With Mikhail, man, it's tough because, yeah, he played good defense on Middleton. Like, if you want to say, like, he contested the shots, but at the end of the day, he gave up 40 points and he scored seven. And he took four shots, and Cam Johnson got more playing time than him. And I think there's a reason for that. Like, it happened again. Yeah. With Mikhail, we're, like, we're seeing flashes, man. Like, the, the literally flashes, actually. The flash cut he had in the first <laughs> half that generated, like, a mid-range bucket. He saw he didn't have... Aiton was trying to seal off whoever was guarding him. PJ. He didn't have Aiton on the pass. Yeah. PJ, thank you. you. You have, like, a, a terrific memory with these plays because... <laughs> Connaughton they, was they the go, guy that was late. They go into my brain and then out as soon as the game is <laughs> over. Um, but yeah, so he he just uh, decided to rise up and take the mid-range shot instead. It's like, man, that's great. Give me more of that. Like, I need that five or six times a game out of you. You know, what what happened to the game two 27-point Mikhail Bridges? I know a lot of that's on spot-ups. I don't expect him to, to get 10 spot-up three-point attempts every game. But it's like, we've seen these flashes from you all season, dude. It's it's time. We We need to see more. We need to see more in this series, especially if it's going to be a game where Chris Paul doesn't have it. Like, someone else has got to step up. That's not going to be Jay Crowder. That's not going to be uh, DeAndre Ayton, like, attacking from the perimeter. No. I mean, you know, Ayton will get his offense, but he can't initiate his own offense. Will he? Um, what do you mean? I mean, Aiton, two games in a row, I think Ayton struggled offensively. I, I don't think we can necessarily count on him to just automatically get, score in these games no 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 no. i'm not saying automatically but i'm you know i'm i'm saying ayton will get the easy stuff the lobs it'll it'll come naturally to him i don't expect him to score six points in the next game but i'm saying if chris paul is a zero and it, it pains me to say that he was tonight it was a negative actually um and campaign is still not quite looking like right. himself there needs to be there needs to be something else i there, don't there just needs to be I don't think it's a coincidence that the two games that DeAndre Ayton maybe didn't score much offensively are the two games where Chris Paul was struggling. Uh, those their their games are just they go together. They're symbiotic. They yeah. He, one guy needs the other, and and that's just kind of how it works. If Ayton gets a couple lobs, that opens up the mid range shot for Chris Paul. If Chris Paul hits that mid-range shot, it opens up the lob. And if for Chris Paul to struggle, it just shows exactly why DeAndre Ayton needs a guy like Chris Paul. Um, you can't really count on him to do what Giannis is doing, for example. Not that any other guys can do that. You know, before him it was just LeBron. Uh, but you can't you can't count on him to do that. And I think Mikel is another guy where 
offensively you're right I think he needs to find more ways to be effective and it's mainly cutting I think um for his three-point shots you just got guys leaving him and they're not leaving guys at this point they're just no not. yeah and I think they played it right with with Devin Booker in that they just sort of they didn't over adjust to him scoring early and send another guy at him they trapped maybe twice in his entire run there and I thought that was the right way to play it for the Bucks because yeah um, other guys like if Chris Paul was on it'd be different uh, you know but I think if you just stay on guys don't let them get any three-pointers out of that that was the right way to do it with Chris Middleton uh, there was a point in the series with the Clippers where uh, Paul George started to figure out Mikael Bridges a little bit as well. And what the Suns did, and they kind of lucked into, in a sense, is Torrey Craig came in and was able to play some minutes against uh, Paul George. And he was able to sort of get into him a little bit more and use his strength to kind of push him around defensively a little bit. I think if, I don't think that the Suns need to overreact to a 40-point game by Chris Middleton right now. I, I don't because I think he is a little bit streaky and he plays better at home. To so come back to Phoenix, though, if Chris Middleton starts heating up, I, I'd like to see a little bit of Torrey Craig on him, give him a stronger guy, a stronger body um, who has some extra fouls to give. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. I think it, the Suns might struggle with that a little bit because he's essentially playing center right now, but I think you can afford for a few minutes a game to give Chris Middleton a different look, a guy who's, who is very good at not getting screened in Torrey Craig. I wouldn't mind seeing it either. Cause that sort of just uh, speaks to how versatile uh, Torrey Craig is and, and what he's become. It's a little bit sad in a way <laughs> that this is a guy we had to pick up uh, at the, at the deadline. I mean, it's, it was a great move by James Jones, but like that now he's sort of just plugging in every hole he has to play yeah. center and guard Giannis. Yeah. He has to guard Chris Middleton. <laughs> it's a lot to ask of Tory Craig, yeah. who's only going out there for 15 or 20 minutes a game. Um, yeah, man, adjustment-wise, like I don't think this is a game where you freak out and say, we need to scrap the whole game plan and make a ton of adjustments. I think we can just be sad for the next three days. <laughs> As, as we wait another three days for game five in Phoenix yeah. uh, and and really pray. like You don't need 40 points from Devin Booker. Mm-mm. You don't. No. You can get 30 points from Devin Booker or even 25, but only if Chris Paul shows up. Yeah. Only if Mikhail Bridges. Like, there's yeah. got to be some help. Yeah. There has just got to be some help. We can afford for one or two guys to, to, to disappear in a game. Can't afford the entire goddamn team disappearing on us like that. Yeah. Not again, yep. especially not at home. Yeah, and at some point, I, I, I don't think that you overreact to this either. But at some point, if Chris Paul is struggling to hold on to the ball early in this game, you might want to... wave him. <laughs> you wave him, uh, sign Isaiah Kanan, uh, <laughs> and then just go at it there. But no, maybe a little bit what? more campaign minutes is all I was going to say and see how he can do. Yeah, I'll give Cam credit in that at least he was driving in this game in a way that felt a, a little bit more fluid in the past. I mean, like you look at his stat line; his stat line wasn't wasn't bad. He shot four for seven. He yeah. had nine points. The assists um, but aren't still, there with him. Like you need. He doesn't. Well. Yeah, he just doesn't look as dangerous coming downhill, and especially like he tried a couple of times. Uh, here you go. I'm forgetting who the second defender was, but you with your photographic <laughs> memory, I bet you remember. He he drove in on was it Brooke and Giannis? Yeah, I it think was. So. 
it was it was, Actually, it was Bobby and another, Portis, I think that blocked it. Was Portis. It. Yeah. Yeah, Portis yeah. played more tonight. But he drove and then he came down and, and, and looked a little bit hobbled. But like just the way he kind of got wedged between the two of those yeah. guys. Yeah. And I was like, Yeah, you're a finesse finisher, dude. It, like nice try, <laughs> but that's not gonna work. Yeah. Like he looked like he almost got his entire body got crushed I'd in like the middle see, of those two guys. I'd like to see his three point shot come back. I think that after the ankle injury, that's the thing that's really been missing and and, and they're putting him in the corners, and he's not entirely used to that. And uh, he even stepped out of bounds once in this game. But I think he that, that three-point shot coming back for him would be huge for the Suns because it's another dynamic. And they do tend to leave him open on their, on that shot because he's he'll blow by guys. So they give him a little more space than they would uh, even like Devin Booker or Chris Paul. So if he could make that, that would be a nice little punch off the bench. 20 points from him off the bench would be huge in any of these next uh, games. Any game. Up. Yeah. Any game. We haven't seen it once since... Uh, have we seen it once since the Lakers series? Like a 15-plus point game from Campbell? I don't think so. I, well, he hurt his ankle, so I don't I don't blame him, but it's Well, he it's had... Um, in game two of the Clippers series, he had the 29-point game. 29 point oh, yeah. Of course. Game. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Of course. Yeah. That was his last great he game. Stepped up his best game of his huge. career <laughs> was yeah. the last game, and then he rolled Since it. then, yeah. I'm looking at the game log now. He had the 29-point game. That was huge. Since then, he's had he's played seven games, eight games, including tonight, um, and has reached double digits once. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that's tough. Yeah, it's, it's um, very tough. Before we get going yeah. here, before we get going here, what do you think Monty's saying to these guys in the locker room right now? They're probably wrapped up at this point. If Just, I could uh, come up with something as poetic as Monty Williams <laughs> did, I probably wouldn't be a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. I'd be I'd be a, a motivational speaker or, or I a guess coach. I'm not asking you to to toss us a you know a Confucius saying, yeah. but I guess the you know what I, I the reason I ask is because Monty has had this. He talks about poise all the time. He's had a very calm tone with these guys throughout the season. I think that's the way you coach the players of today. I don't think. Uh, negative reinforcement is effective no uh, i don't think like I, there aren't many drill sergeants left in the nba there's a reason for that i don't actually think it's productive but i think we saw the like we th- just through the broadcast wired segments we started to get the first hints of urgency for monty that we've ever seen mm-hmm. the suns have never really been in this position have they i mean it was tied to it was tied to two with the lakers but the, this feels- the lakers series i think was the only one they lost two games in a row in yeah, this feels heightened. This is different. Well, yeah, it's the finals. Yeah, and I and think- I wonder. I just I just wonder what how he's keeping a level head right now, or if he even is. If he even oh, I guarantee should. he is. Uh, you know what he's gonna do? He's gonna go in there. He's gonna say it's okay to let this hurt because it allows you to play better in the next <laughs> game. And then he's gonna point out the things that they did well. He's you set say- a high level for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> now yes, go reach exactly. that level. Yeah, yeah, it's okay to be But hurt. to the whole team this time. Yeah, yeah, and you know, he's going to say 17 rebounds, 8, and that's exactly what you need to do. Clean up that finishing and, and we could do even better. He's going to say, you know, I don't know that he says anything to Chris Paul. That's the thing about Chris Paul is you probably he, don't need to. He talks He talks all the time about how he doesn't want to get in their head right. right? with the star players. I don't know. I mean, he, he also talks about, I'm not going to call you out. I'm going to call you up. Yeah. I wonder if he's doing that with the wings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, Cameron Johnson, another great game. But yeah, yeah you might did. you might need more from Craig. You're gonna need more from Mikael Bridges, and ideally, you get something similar from Jay Crowder at home. Uh, but yeah, you got anything else before we get going on this one? Let's just let's just call it a night, man. <laughs> um, shout out all you guys who are are listening. I'm sure you're all thoroughly depressed. Yeah, um, yeah I'll say I'll say this. 
It's it's fun. It's fun to be here. It's fun to be in the finals. It is it's fun, fun to, to be here. Team. Also, it's, it sucks. It's fun <laughs> to feel the pain. Actually, I wrote a little poem um, here, yeah? uh, or I, I'm referencing a little poem. Yeah, it okay. goes a little something like this. Cut my life into pieces. <laughs> this is my last resort. Suffocation, no breathing. <laughs> Don't give a fuck if I cut my arm bleeding. This is my last resort. <laughs> we'll see you guys on Saturday. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.